0: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that re-watches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Alicia Thayer.
1: I'm Tony Stark-Camerina. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And today we are kicking off our first podcast episode on Phase 2 of the MCU. We'll be talking about Iron Man 3. So, gotta get the numbers 1, 2, and 3 in there. But hey, we did it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, like we do every time we kick off a, a new movie that we're talking about, let's start with our, our kind of our general thoughts. Uh, Alicia, what do you think about the movie as a whole?
0: As a whole, it's not a terrible movie, but I have so many issues with this movie that it's probably out of all three Iron Man movies, it's my least favorite.
2: Yeah, I'm on the uh, similar but opposite spectrum. I do also have a lot of issues with this movie. But the more I watch it, the more I like it. And it's actually my favorite Iron Man movie out of the three. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I had d- general aversion to the twist in this movie the first time I saw it. But now that I'm more over the twist, every time I see it, I like a little more and pick more things I like about it.
0: Yeah, I I just like it more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that twist. Right. It I feel me like we're so have
2: quite a discussion in a couple episodes when we get oh, to part Oh, we three. are.
1: All right, um, Al, what do you think? Um, You know, kind of, I, I guess, I'm, I'm on the fence. So, uh, of the three <laughs> Iron Man movies, I think this is my second favorite of them. But it's really tied closely with number two, because um, I wasn't really a big fan of two. I enjoyed it, but not so much. Um, this is actually only the second time I watched it all the way through, just, you know, in prepping for, for this podcast, because... Um, I had seen some scenes here and there it'll be on TV. I'll just kind of leave it on in the background, but um, rewatching it though, I I see what you mean, Tony, about you know it growing on you because I'm looking at it this time and and I liked it a lot more this time than that first time because yeah, that mm-hmm. twist that you're talking about, I did not like that at all the very first time that I saw it. This time, I I'm good with it. So I think yeah. you, you know now that I've been prepared, now that I know about it, I'm good with it.
2: All right, well, we'll really dig into this over the course of three episodes. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: we'll pick out the good and talk about our disarmable mentions, and then, you know, at the end, we'll rank it and figure it out. But before we start the discussion, I will go into our Wikipedia summary of our first act. Tony Stark recalls a New Year's Eve party in 1999 where he meets scientist Maya Hansen, the inventor of extremis, an experimental regenerative treatment intended to allow recovery from crippling injuries. Disabled scientist Aldrich Killian offers them a place in his company, Advanced Idea Mechanics, but Stark rejects the offer, humiliating Killian. Years later, six months after the Battle of New York, Stark's experiences during the alien invasion are giving him panic attacks. Restless, he has built several uh, dozen Iron Man suits creating friction with his girlfriend, Pepper Potts. Meanwhile, a string of bombing uh, by a terrorist only known as the Mandarin has left intelligence agencies bewildered by a lack of forensic evidence. Stark's security chief, Happy Hogan, is badly injured in a Mad- Mandarin attack, causing Stark to issue a televised threat to the Mandarin, who responds by destroying Stark's home with a helicopter gunships. Hansen, who uh, came to warn Stark, survives the attack along with Potts. Stark escapes in an Iron Man suit, which his artificial intelligence, Jarvis, pilots to rural Tennessee following a flight plan from Stark's investigation into the Mandarin. Stark's experimental armor lacks sufficient power to return to California, and the world believes him dead.
0: ba ba ba.
2: (laughs) Dun-dun-dun!
0: All right, so on to our top three moments of the episode! Al, you want to start?
1: Sure. All right. So my number three uh, takes place um, during that last fight, pretty much right at the end when uh, the, you know, the helicopters are, are shooting at Stark's house. Um, before we go on, yeah, any punting? The,
0: I'm not, I, I don't know, dimension. I'm a little, I'm a little, so, okay, it, so it's you got to be a little the... more specific.
1: <laughs> Alright, so it's not <laughs> the fight, I'll, ju- I'll just come out and say it. So it's not the entire fight as a whole. It's specifically when Stark kills a helicopter with a piano. With a piano. Uh, and all right. one-upping John McClane. Alright, go ahead. I'm... <laughs> You're okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and really, that was it. It was just hilarious. <laughs> uh, recently, I totally forgot about it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of comes out of no. I mean, it makes sense because you know he didn't have any real weapons. He was in a prototype suit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just just seeing that was was hilarious, and that that yeah. kind of made me happy for a good you know five five minutes that kind of thing. I mean, the movie <laughs> as a whole, I enjoyed. Yeah, but, you know that that part right there just kind of lifted my spirits. I enjoyed it.
0: Well, it's it's where we start to see uh, Stark's ingenuity in this movie. Like we see it much later on, but it's it's a split second thought for him to be like, "I need to take these out." Ooh, look, piano. Yeah. And so it's it's definitely like, ooh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So. One of the reasons I like this movie is because starting at this that moment, they take away his toys. Like he's got a yes. suit, but he's got a massively depowered and experimental suit. Right. So, yeah, they they take away his Iron Man toys and show the what Tony can
1: do. Yeah, yeah. which is something I generally dislike in movies because I was a little annoyed at the end of Iron Man 1 when, you know, he was using a suit with, like, what, 12% power or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And for some reason, I was okay with it in this movie. I don't know why, but generally I just dislike that kind of concept.
0: I think the reason why is because when he had the Iron Man suit at 12%, he felt so dispowered. Uh, whereas this one, even though he's he doesn't have the full strength of the Iron Man suit, we still get to see him be him. Whereas the other part was just, he's at 12% and failing in places that we didn't get to see him pick up the slack for it.
1: Mm-hmm. That yeah. might be it. I, I do think also it has something to do with him not needing a full suit because the people he's fighting you know later on when he doesn't have his full suit um, aren't um i guess on level with an iron man the full mm-hmm. fully powered iron man that kind of thing so it kind of balances out but yeah. that's a whole later discussion yeah, yeah. well
2: cuz i disagree with part of that because um yeah we'll talk about that in the next episode in part 2 okay but yeah <laughs> cool. all, right.
0: all right okay i'm going to do mine uh mine is uh, Tony in the lab, where he's injecting himself, and we just get an, a nice little glimpse of Dummy with the dunce cap, and then he talks to him, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm always so happy to see the robots, and I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're, your favorite character. It <laughs> is. I love Dummy. Dummy's so ridiculous, but he's adorable. And then, and then later, when the the building blows up, we see him reaching
2: for the other robot, and I'm like, Oh. Yeah, I can't wait until probably the end of Infinity War Part 2, or whatever they end up calling it, where mm. he uploads Dummy into a real body, in like the Vision, oh, and he's like blindness or something like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'll be fantastic. I'll be so uh, happy.
2: That'll, be a, that'll oh. be a terrible idea, actually, but we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: But anyway, I love, I love that part because A, I get to see Dummy and I I love watching Dummy because Dummy just does the stupidest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and of course he's like, why are you in the corner? What, you're supposed to be in the corner. Why aren't you there? You know what you why did. Why are you in the dunce cap? <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did. It's like, he doesn't even have to really explain to us what Dummy did. Dummy obviously did something he wasn't supposed to do. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that's mine. Uh, Tony? Yeah.
2: Uh, mine is actually a big theme of this movie, but introduced in part one. It's uh, mm-hmm. Tony's PTSD. Mm-hmm. Where in uh, most movies and franchises, because there's a limited amount of movies or screen time, um, a character will go through a traumatic event and it has no impact on them like psychologically. Where yeah. because of the benefit of the MCU, these characters can be closer to real people. Where we're going to see, even though this is probably, not confirmed, but probably Iron Man's last solo movie. We see him plenty of times after this. So, Mm. they can really spend uh, time talking about this real issue that's PTSD. And, um, just how he copes or doesn't cope with it throughout the movie. Uh, him building what, 35 suits because he was only on Mark 7 in uh, the first Avengers movie. So he builds 35 suits, his panic attacks—it um, just really makes you feel like Tony's a real character in a real world that the MCU is trying and, to be.
0: Yeah, this was a an honorable mention for me because um, having gone through panic attacks myself, I could definitely like super relate to Tony in that thing, mm-hmm. especially when he was having the one from in the in the restaurant or bar or whatever. The amount of need to get away, need to hide mm-hmm. in something that you feel safe in is is very real.
2: Yeah. And I feel like it's important because I have family and friends uh, a lot from the military who suffer from PTSD and it's important mm-hmm. to see a heroic character suffering from it and it it really affects everybody. It's not because it's very easy to feel alone when you have something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, so on to number two. And let's just cycle <laughs> back around. I'll go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so my number two are uh perker is pretty much all of the Jarvis quotes uh because you <laughs> really got Go ahead. he really got a nice upgrade there in his sarcasm mm. and it's, we see it throughout the entire movie but uh you get a lot of good one liners from him just in this this first part of the movie um mm-hmm. we we'll see what I've got here uh I've also prepared a safety briefing for you to entirely ignore, exactly. which was great. Um, kind of harking back to the, the first movie, right? Where Jarvis kept saying, Hey, you should, you should really test all this stuff. Nah, I'm ignoring it. Yeah. Um, you gotta run before you walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In words, Yeah. Uh, he had the other line as always, sir, or, uh, always a pleasure watching you work, which, uh, <laughs> happened right after, you know, messing up with the, with the Iron Man suit. And then, uh, the last one is um, is a uh, well just before the house gets attacked. Um, uh, there's the uh, the doorbell gets rung and uh, Stark's freaking out or maybe not freaking out, but he's basically saying, "Hey, why aren't we on lockdown? I just threatened a terrorist." And then Jarvis gives the the fun response: uh, "There's only so much I can do when you give the press your home address."
2: It's true, <laughs> it's so true. Uh. He's really becoming his own person, which. Obviously, goes to his next evolution where he he gets uploaded into Vision.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he's, um, so yeah, definitely growing. And um, I guess maybe part of it is is Stark just kind of rubbing off on him, right? Because you know Stark himself is super sarcastic, and so if he Jarvis is learning from something around him, he's probably gonna learn a lot of sarcasm there too. Oh yeah, he talks almost exclusively to Tony. Something's gotta rub off right Mm -hmm. i love jervis (laughs)
0: yeah
1: Uh, cool well in that case since we're going in the same order what's your number two alicia
0: uh so my number two is probably the whole happy from when happy it's blown up to where tony's in the hospital with him uh just the just the the amount of like oh dude to Oh, Tony knows all his favorite things <laughs> Dude, he, he, you need to wear your badge. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just a, it's just a oh well crap. One of Tony's employees got blown up that we we think he may not care about, and then you're then you realize through the rest of the scene that Tony actually really does care. He knows his favorite mm. show. He knows that he, Happy's a stickler about the badges, even though we already saw that. But we didn't know that he knew his favorite show. It's just one of those things of... Tony does really, really care about the people he, he loves.
2: Yeah, um, so. Happy is definitely more than just an employee. He's definitely a friend and maybe even a family member to Tony.
1: hmm
2: Yeah. Uh, my number two, actually, is right before that, is, um, Happy trying to be a hero again. Yes. Because we saw, <laughs> like, right before he got blown up, um... He's trying to take on character Savin and find out why he's being all sneaky and trying to protect his friend because Savin is uh a friend of Killian, who right now Happy just thinks that he's hitting on Pepper, which mm-hmm. is a much bigger thing. But it's uh Happy's taking it in his own hands, kinda like he tried to do against Whiplash and and he tried to do against um the hammer employees when Black Widow he tried to saved do a lot butt. of things. Yeah, I mean, he really. He, if anyone he takes deserves this, su- yeah, if anyone deserves a suit, it's Happy. I mean, he might not do very well with it, but he deserves that shot because I really believe he's trying to do the best. He just doesn't have the means to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. All right, cycle back around. Let's go, Al. Might as well.
1: <laughs> All righty. Uh, so my number one or er, is um, start trying out that new Iron Man suit right at the beginning, uh, with everything kind of <laughs> going towards him, uh, and he's at about twelve percent power there, or something, right? And it's just... yes, he is.
0: <laughs> it must be.
2: I told you twelve uh, is
1: recurring. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Kind of learns a little bit, but yeah, low powered. Uh, and then it kind of ends with, um, you know, with a, a bit of a, a superhero landing there too, right? Cause he does that cool flip yep. thing with the helmet and then lands mm-hmm. face down. So it was really just kind of that setting up because, you know, one of my favorite things in all of these Marvel movies is seeing the awesome suits that he's putting on. And then every iteration of these things are so cool. So yeah. seeing the, the different parts come on him and everything. So I, I just, I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good part. And, and if we ever get, an iron man four um or even if we don't ever get an iron man four um if i could just get one hour of you know uh tony stark just walking into these suits and getting out of it i'm good i'll take it Mm -hmm. that'll be a full movie for me doesn't even (laughs) Uh need to be like a full marvel length movie It doesn't have to be two hours or something just one hour i'll live with it it'd be a very special
2: episode of agents of shield with him just walking Mm -hmm. the suits and getting out And walking in and getting out and just like, well, we finally got Tony Stark on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. you happy now, guys?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be an interesting security measure, right? Instead of walking through a door, you walk into an Iron Man suit and then you get out on the other side. And into another one on the out.
2: Yeah. That is something (laughs) they could probably use. Opening a portal or something in Infinity War. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I like it. Alright, Alicia, what's your number one?
0: So my number one is actually kind of a little bit of a cheat. I'm going to take one from Al's book. Um, mine is the <laughs> videos that the Mandarin produces. The the video, the terrorist videos that he sends out. Like knowing what we do for the later part of the movie. It's amazing for what he does. And the, 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 uh, what they would have to have gone through to put those together and not let him know what's going on with those. That's mm-hmm. it. Just it's something that just straight up baffles my mind.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's definitely not hard tricking Trevor. No, that could be said though. But yeah, it's like the fact that he has supposedly no idea that any of this is really happening is crazy.
0: Yeah. No. It's so. <laughs> It, it it just was like, the and the production value on them was a super high, especially if they were supposed to be a terrorist organization. You'd think they'd be a little more, I don't know, Al-Qaeda-ish. And they're not. Mm. They they look like legitimate movies, so I really liked it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really set the stage for a truly iconic villain, one mm-hmm. that we've actually, I don't think, outside of Loki, we haven't really had that for any um Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So... Again, that's why it was disappointing with the twist at the end of this movie, or in the middle point of this movie. Yeah, but well, the yeah. fact
0: that they're not—I don't think they have any plans to bring him back either.
2: No, we'll get into that in the one shot. We'll see what happens. Okay. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah. So after, uh, my number after one. Iron Man Part oh. Three, right? Yes, actually, yeah. After the third part, Iron Man Part Three, Part Three, we will be doing our one-shot yeah, episode,
0: Iron Man Three, Part Three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, go on.
2: Yeah. Um. My number one is uh, takes a little bit of Al's uh earlier choice. Uh, it's the attack on the mansion. Mm-hmm. It's. You know, one of my favorite things I've talked about when we talk about Tony before is his, him getting his comeuppance for being a cocky a-hole. Mm. Uh, and he definitely got his house blown up for it. Uh, but him sending the suit to Pepper, rescuing Pepper, um, Pepper saving him, just everything from there until I his house pretty much trying to kill him by drowning him. Mm-hmm. I just like that whole action scene, which I'm not a huge like. My tops aren't usually action scenes, but it's just I really got into the action of this movie. What did you I guys really think like about the scene. attack on the mansion? Yeah, I
0: really like that scene. Like as much as I don't like uh, Pepper Potts or uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, uh, <laughs> you I don't really want do- her to die. <laughs>
2: uh, oh. Well, maybe you do. I'm sorry. I did not want to speak to you.
0: Care. I don't care either way. Uh, but it was just it was just an interesting scene for me, especially with, like, she was like, no, we're leaving. And Tony's like, no, no, we're not. He's like, and then as soon as the house gets attacked, he says, this is why I said we're leaving.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I especially, like, the beginning of the attack, uh, Maya looking at the TV is like, uh, should we be concerned about this? When she sees right. the missiles shooting towards the house. Right, that's it's good. like,
0: uh, that would be a run, run now moment. That's not a, uh, should we be concerned? No, that's a, a get the heck out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am I am kind of surprised that he had no security system.
0: Right? Yeah, right. No, like, 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 like defense system.
1: Was, exactly. You know, like anyone was able to just kind of go up there and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, they had a couple of helicopters with, with big missiles and that kind of thing. That probably would have gotten by a standard home security system like Brinks or an Iron Man suit. But what are you saying Brinks doesn't repel rockets? I mean, I've I've never I, had to to
2: test that. I also don't. I, own a f- home, I feel so. like I feel like that might be slander, Al. But we'll see what happens if Brinks listens to this.
1: Okay, or <laughs> anyone who's listening, if uh, if you do use Brinks uh, as your home uh, security, please let us know in any kind of comments. Um, yeah. If that is covered, because yeah, I am yeah. curious. Right. Or yeah, what curious. happens if someone shoots a rocket at you? Does it just bounce off? Or I want to know. <laughs> or do they call the police and they show up 30 minutes later?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's that's highly unlikely. <laughs> right.
1: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. I feel like uh, the rockets is uh, one of the his motivations towards building the Iron Legion in Age of Ultron. The drones to protect his area when he's not out there. Oh, um,
1: well, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because yeah, they're they're crowd control and stuff like that. But I feel like he has a bigger plan for that, especially with his ultimate goal of protecting the Earth in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, All right. I think they're down with our countdown. It's time to move on to Easter eggs.
0: Woohoo! Which... No, it's time for hmm? honorable mentions,
2: oh. I thought. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. I don't have a lot of <laughs> honorable mentions. I forgot. Alicia, uh... Uh, do you
1: have... Wait, who did we start with? Al, I think. Oh. Al, yeah, do you have any yeah. honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I have one. Um, okay. I'll just kind of jump into it. So my honorable mention is uh, when happy... Was fighting that guy in the Chinese theater, and he was thrown <laughs> through uh, through the glass. Um, mm-hmm. When he landed on the other side, his face was all cut up, like someone would be if they were thrown through glass. Yes. which you never see in any kind of movie,
2: it's um, even Avengers.
1: Never... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were talking about that with with uh, Tony Stark, and yeah this this never happens to at least main characters. So I was really mm-hmm. happy that that did happen. Uh, yeah. Even though it was a character I like, but it was nice to see the attention to that kind of detail. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. other characters throughout this movie are thrown through glass, and they never have any of those kinds of cuts. That's true. So you can mark that as both honorable and dishonorable mention if you'd like. Yeah. All right. I will in my
2: extensive list of honorable mentions that I don't have.
1: <laughs> All right, Alicia, what are yours?
0: Um, so, I, have a, I actually have a Dishonorable Mention.
1: Oh. oh, is this your first?
0: It is, actually.
2: Ever? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh,
0: mine is the freaking CGI deer. Oh, okay. When he was going to land, the, right before the landing in the Tennessee, that deer that they show, there's just... It's just so off-putting from the rest of the movie. <laughs> it just—it was like one of those scenes that totally draws you out and goes, "That's fake." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um,
2: usually I point out bad CGI. That didn't pop out to me, but yeah, right when you notice it, it's definitely a dishonorable honorable mention.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I do have some actual honorable mentions too. Uh, my first one is the forehead of security.
1: <laughs> yeah. It
0: just made me laugh. He's like, "Am I talking uh, to the forehead security?" He's like, What what? Don't, oh, never mind." I,
2: so, I also like that part, part because Happy obviously doesn't know how to use technology, even though he's been working with one of the leaders in technology for so long.
0: Right. <laughs> and then uh, my other one is uh, the throwing of the media's phone, and he goes, "Bill me." <laughs> he's like, "I don't even care what it, is, how much it costs. Just bill me." Right? <laughs> so those are my two, uh or technically three. So uh yeah. Tony.
2: Yeah, I've got one honorable mention and it's the opening song, the Ah oh, Blue yes! and <laughs> Uh in theaters and when I watch this movie, I'm just so excited. Being a kid, I was born in eighty eight, but growing up in the nineties, that was like one of the most that iconic was... songs to me. Right.
1: <laughs> so that's actually one of my easter eggs um only because uh when that song came out in 1999 um Mm -hmm. it was the top of the charts and then it topped it again in may of 2013 (laughs) rough well right you know that month when this movie came out (laughs) i didn't know that coincidence i think not
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny (sighs) Yeah, so um, we'll move on to Easter eggs.
1: Al, you can start us off since you already had your first Easter egg. Do you have any more? Uh, Actually, yeah. I surprisingly have uh, quite a few, um, oh, wow. although some of them don't really count like I always do with my Easter eggs, but I'm going to mention them anyway because mm-hmm. um, Tony probably won't edit these out. So, uh, <laughs> uh, before we do that, how <laughs> many do each of you have, Alicia Tony? Four, fifteen. Fifteen? Okay, I still don't have anywhere wow. near as many as you, but yeah, I have a lot for me. Were... Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> yikes.
2: I actually had more, and I moved some into parts two and three, so. Let's oh, see. <laughs> oh. I won't be covering all of them because I'm sure you guys will cover
1: some of those.
0: I have two.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Do you want to start with yours, Alicia? Then.
0: Sure. Uh, my first one is the flashback scene for the New Year's party. Um, mm-hmm. It's the. Uh, The style that Happy Hogan's wearing—it's actually a tie into *Pulp Fiction* for uh, John John Travolta's character.
2: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, Yeah, so obviously we know even he's even five years behind the times because *Pulp Fiction* came out in '94. Mm -hmm. So he's (laughs) even—he's even even five years behind the times for that. But you know, (laughs) Happy isn't too concerned with style. Well. Yeah, he's probably not too concerned with keeping all the styles. He finds something cool and just sticks with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what's your other one?
0: Actually, I only had one. Oh. I've been looking at my other one and realized in part two. Sorry.
1: <laughs> a liar. <laughs> I know. All right, well, in that case, I'll just go on. Um. All right, so i got a few here. I have, well, six left. I already talked about, about one of them. So that very first line of the movie where Stark says he's he's quoting someone, a very famous person said, we mm-hmm. create our own demons. I mm-hmm. looked all over to find out who said that. And from what I can tell, that line was made up. Like, there is no one who actually said that. No. Uh, I did see a Tony couple Stark, of people. <laughs> Tony Stark
2: is quoting Robert Downey Jr.
1: <laughs> really?
2: I can't tell if you're telling the truth or not. I'm not. I'm totally not. Oh, okay. Except for Robert no, Downey Jr. Like, no, recorded it. He probably read the script before he watched the movie, so he's <laughs> quoting Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. Uh,
1: I did see a couple people online thinking that it's related to some other famous quote by um, uh, someone whose name I don't remember. Uh, not Aristotle, but the name reminds me of Aristotle. Um, I, neither does Tony. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Um, but it was uh, not so that. So anyway, there's that kind of a, a joke. Um, so we get the, the mention of uh, AIM I, uh, in the beginning right here. Uh, so from the comics there, uh, advanced idea mechanics, the yellow suited people. Um, and then he kind of mentions, um, we, we get kind of a line about, about what AIM is. They're a privately funded think tank, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh funny because right now in the comics, um, after spending you know, so many decades as this uh, evil group, they're privately funded, so they're just like any other business, and they were bought by someone else, and now they do good stuff, oh, that's which, is, yeah, which I love as a concept, um, but I also think is just hilarious. But yeah, they're privately funded, although they never say where the money comes from in this movie. In the comics, I have no idea where that money comes from either. I feel like it would have probably been Hydra, just throwing that out there.
2: Yeah, that I would agree. Fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although Hydra is in the federal government, so that's publicly funded. I have no idea. Then, never mind. I take it back. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, could. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hydra's in both yeah. sectors, though. I thought. Yeah, Hydra's everywhere. That's that's the problem with Hydra. Right. <laughs>
0: cut off one head two more let's go find another
2: (laughs) yeah let's go find two more
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, all right so the next one um is uh happy makes a a joke to stark saying he's uh running around with the super friends um Mm -hmm. and he kind of uses that as a derogatory thing which um is because or i'm assuming because i don't know if there's a real reason but that was the uh, dc superheroes from the the cartoon from the 70s um, it got apparently over nine seasons, over thirteen years. I did not know it wow. lasted that long. Yeah, it's, uh, uh,
2: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and then like the shape shifting kids. I don't even know what they're called, but they're not Marvel super the or Wonder they're twins? not DC superheroes. Yeah, I think they're the, ones. the they Wonder Twins. Are they the ones twins, who would, like put activate. their rings together? Yep, yeah, Wonder Twins. Just, yeah, <laughs> and one I would be able to turn into in animals. Child. Yeah, one well, that oh. was in the seventies, so, so uh, you can't account for that. <laughs> eh, you're right, I can't. Either way, but
0: the yes, one did, one would turn into animals, one would turn into like a bucket of water, which
2: was so yeah, that that's the joke out. I would always see is like one can turn into animals and one turns into inanimate objects or something like that, <laughs> which is really not useful sometimes.
1: <laughs> was was it always that like like? One of them always got the animal, and the other one mm-hmm. always got stuck. Like no, I yep. think it's
2: it's always the girl who's an animal and the boy who's an inanimate object. That's yep, like their power. Oh, okay. So
1: he was always screwed over with the bad one. <laughs> mm. Yep. Okay. One
2: to ten power, turn into a giant bowler and crush you. I feel like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Again, another reason right. why Marvel's better than DC.
0: <laughs> Agreed.
2: I don't know, back in the because 70s. Mar- Marvel had nothing embarrassing ever happen to them. Ever. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> Please tune in and when we cover
1: Captain America 1979. <laughs> <laughs> what was oh, God, the no. Spider-Man cartoon? Wasn't there a Spider-Man in, like the Spider-Fans? There things? were a bunch was... of them. Yeah. Yes,
2: Um, I've actually listened... I've been listening to Spider Man Minute over at uh, Dueling Genre their podcast, and they're always talking about I guess Spider Man and um, Firestorm, who's an X Men, and they're like three characters who are like randomly put together, and Spider Man is Super Friends.
1: yeah. Oh, maybe that's what maybe that's what Happy was referencing. Those Super Friends. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, so just the the last two that I have. Um, so, Stark mentions his uh, home address in the episode. Does not mm-hmm. exist in real life. I looked okay. all over. It's yeah, not.
0: I'm not surprised. It's like the phone numbers. You don't stick an actual phone number in movies anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, funny enough, um, so his address, he says he lives on Malibu Point mm-hmm. for his street address. Uh, Point doesn't exist, but Drive exists. Like that that address, 10880 uh, yeah. Malibu Drive. Yeah. So, it's probably just that, that one thing they had to change so Mm. don't give out a real one Mm -hmm. yeah and then uh the last one it looks like oracle is still shelling out money for these iron man movies because jarvis mentions the oracle cloud for uh doing some kind of work oh i didn't
0: notice that i don't even know what the oracle is though
1: which was kind of funny to me as as a software developer because like i noticed that instantly i know the company um but, like, in the previous movies, it was all over. It was obvious they were shelling out money. But in this one, oh, yeah. they only get one line. I'm guessing they really dropped their, their marketing budget.
2: Yeah. Uh, possibly. Possibly, um, I don't know. Because Paramount's in the beginning, but Disney bought the rights to this movie. I wonder if Disney doesn't have a real great relationship with the Oracle that Paramount does. Oh, yeah, it could be that. Yeah. Who knows? Well, Disney knows.
1: Paranaut probably knows, and Oracle definitely knows, but we don't. <laughs> <it. laughs> that's true. Alright, so that's the end of my Easter eggs. Tony, how many of yours did we stop on? Um, only a couple. You of my aim one.
2: Um Yeah, I got a few more. I, I'm not I'm not hurting for Easter eggs. Okay. <laughs> oh good. Um two of our old standbys that I always talk about. There's a flashback. Actually, there are two flashbacks in this um, movie, in mm-hmm. this part of the movie, where the flashback to 1999, Burns Switzerland, which we talked about extensively, and then a flashback to the first Avengers when he's dreaming about uh, going up towards the wormhole. So, yeah. So, Al hates flashbacks. I don't know if he does, <laughs> but I'm going to pretend like he does always. Uh, we yeah, have, I won't uh, even
1: try to defend myself. Yeah, so stop it.
2: <laughs> um... <laughs> Superhero landing number 12. We talked about that (laughs) when he uh, was trying on the Mark 42. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from the Mandarin's first uh, video, we see his hands with the rings. And according to the art of Iron Man 3, uh, the ring on his pinky finger is the same ring that uh, Raza, the guy who kidnapped Tony and put him in a cave with a box of scraps... In the first movie he was wearing. So he took the ring from Rasa. Supposedly. Yeah. We've got uh, Christmas. This movie is directed by Shane Black. Who is quite a famous uh, director. But um, he has a big thing where he likes to put his action movies in during Christmas time. The first Lethal Weapon took place during Christmas time. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which he did with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, took place during Christmas time, and his most recent, The Nice Guys, took place during Christmas time. No one else took place and, during Christmas and... time. Hmm. Die Hard. Yes, but I looked it up. He he wasn't uh part of that. <laughs> because I assumed because he does that those type of movies, I assumed he had worked on Die Hard, yeah. but it doesn't. But we all know, although this is the second best Christmas movie, Die Hard is the first best Christmas movie, in my opinion.
0: I'll agree that Die Hard is the first best Christmas movie. I'm gonna not debate you, but I'm not agreeing with you on this, this being the second best Christmas movie.
2: Well, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Alright. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just kidding. Um We've got uh Iron Patriot in this part of the movie yes. showing up for the very first time. Um Iron Patriot I think we talked in the previous episode in the comics, uh, he is the Norman Osborn version of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Osborn takes a suit during dark rain when he and the villains um, take over S.H.I.E.L.D. and make it become Hammer, and then there are villain versions of all the main uh, Avengers. Um, I like uh, the part, another Christmas uh, movie... Uh, when Tony looks at the little kid he's signing the autograph for and says, I love you in A Christmas Story. Uh, The the guy who plays um, Ralphie in A Christmas Story was actually a producer for Iron Man's 1, 2, and 3. So (laughs) that's kind of a call out to the fact that he (laughs) was also working on the movie. And then we've got the uh, extremist storyline, which is actually the first, because I'm not a big Iron Man fan, but this is like... Everyone talks about this as being the go-to modern comic to read for Iron Man. Uh, the Extremis storyline. Uh, in the comic, Aldrich Killian is the guy who invented Extremis, and when it gets leaked out to some terrorists, he kills himself out of guilt. So he's only in about two pages of the comic.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, and then uh, Maya Hansen is uh, Killian's assistant, who uh, got arrested for leaking the um, stuff out to terrorists. So she shows up for a little bit, and then she's out of there. So both of them are pretty minor characters in the grand scheme of extremists.
0: I like it. But they definitely changed their roles for the movie.
2: Oh yeah, he's like definitely much bigger role in this. Uh, we see Pepper briefly wearing the suit. And that's uh, that's a tribute to when she became Rescue, which she had her own Iron Man suit from 2009 to 2012. Uh, At uh, Stark Industries, happy when he's going around talking about all the badges, trying to make sure everyone has a badge. He talks to a character named Bambi, which when Mm -hmm. I thought about it, I thought was just a derogatory term. I thought he was Mm -hmm. being a jerk. But uh, Bambi Arbogast is Tony's, like, top secretary at uh, Stark Industries. Like, Pepper was his personal secretary, and she was his executive secretary at Stark Industries in the comics. So, yeah. And then two more I want to talk about. We've Mm -hmm. got the attack on the Chinese theater, where the guy who, uh, they say, can't regulate, the guy who explodes, he's sitting Mm -hmm. on... Uh, right on the bench, which is actually right next to Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, handprints and signature. Because they have the Walk of Fame going through right there. Hmm. <laughs> and the last one, which um, I wasn't sure if I was going to put this in honorable mention, or I just love this Easter egg, so I'll put an Easter egg. Uh, when Maya Hansen comes into the house and Pepper's throwing all the luggage over the side, there's a shot uh-huh. of Tony, and behind him is the, um, are the stockings, including a stocking for Jarvis. Aww. And Jarvis's stocking is in vision colors, foreshadowing <laughs> him eventually becoming the vision. I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, same I, here. That's awesome. And that was complete luck that I found that because I had to pause the movie and I happened to pause it right at that time. And I saw yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but that's it for my Easter eggs. That's I think it? I had enough. Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> you sure that's it? That's it? Really?
2: No. Jensen comes okay. back. It's a connection. Okay, That that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I actually wasn't Sorry. going to talk about that because we talked about that already.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we talked about that off, uh, off mic.
2: Uh, okay, if we didn't, uh, Jensen Returns, which is a connection to, obviously, Iron Man 1 and him saying... Uh, that he met one time in Bern, Switzerland. Because it flashed back to Burn
1: Switzerland. Right. Alright, okay, that's the there last Easter egg. <laughs> Alright.
0: <laughs> Alright, anything else?
1: Um, <laughs> no, nothing from my end.
0: I no, think that's it for us I think for this.
1: We are good for part one.
0: Alright, please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore rewind, and please give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, assuming you like this. Otherwise, silence is golden.
2: And please, on our social media, let us know your opinion on
1: our uh, Loki pro or con debate, because I'm very curious about everyone's responses. (laughs) (laughs) Or what is also covered by your Brinks home security agreement. Oh yeah. Because I'm curious. Our, um... (laughs) <laughs>
2: are rocket propelled um grenades from helicopters are they covered under your brinks home security
0: <laughs>
1: or, or not just have brinks, any... we can expand it to any home security any home security <laughs> all right Yeah, uh, brinks is just the first one that that comes in my, or the only one that comes to my mind mm-hmm. ah.
0: all right or if you guys have any other comments or questions feel free to message us on social media or whatever um, we'll be happy to answer the questions either on air or directly to you so alright that's it this was the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Iron Man 3 Part 1 signing off
2: have a marvelous Christmas oh wait have a marvelous day
0: yo listen up here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world and all day and all night and every Blue, like him inside and outside. Blue his house with the blue little window and a blue corvette. And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around. Cause he ain't got nobody to listen to. Listen, to,
2: listen, to listen. I'm blue, now the need of a die.